I shall. Welcome to the Force Pod. I'm your host, John Rice. I've decided to do something special and different for you guys. Um, since it's still a week before the new episode drops, I've re-uploaded my very first um, Force Pod that I did, and I did that way so long ago, about a year ago. Um, it happened right after Celebration is when I uploaded it, and you're going to hear a lot of references to Celebration 2017. You're going to hear a lot of predictions about what I thought would happen in uh, The Last Jedi. And I was right in many cases. You know, just pat myself on the back right there. But yeah, um, a lot of what I said did actually happen. Some of what I said didn't. But um, yeah, I hope uh, you guys enjoy it. And uh, remember, um, new episode drops next week. And until then, may the Force be with you. Always. Listening to the Force Pod, and I'm your host, John Rice. You're listening to the inaugural episode. That's right, number one, numero uno, the first of many. So many that I hope in 20 years' time, your kids or grandkids are still listening, listening to me blather on about Star Wars. Before I get into the actual show, there are some people I'd like to uh, acknowledge and thank you for your encouragement and support. Because quite honestly, without that encouragement, I wouldn't have the balls to be sitting behind this microphone. First and foremost, I'd like to give a shout out to Johnny Grasso and Haas Burkhart of Rogue One, a podcast for winners, and Blue Harvest. I'd also like to give a shout out to my Star Wars family, collectively known as the Rogue One Army. People like Araj, Dallas, Rashad, Justin, Becca, the Aarons, Luke... I could name names for the next 20 minutes, and I probably wouldn't get all of them. But you guys know exactly who uh, you are, and I think thank you for your support and your encouragement, because it means the world to me, and I really hope that you enjoy the show. I am wondering, why are you here? So, what is the Force Pod, and why should you listen to it? Well, most Star Wars podcasts tend to uh, focus on certain things. Some focus on movies, some focus on video games, some on books. The Force Pod encompasses the entire galaxy of Star Wars. What does that mean? 
I cover games, books, movies, comic books, toys. If Star Wars isn't printed on it, then I will cover it. Just like those weird-ass Yoda condoms I saw last week. And, yeah, I actually bought them. Um, they were in a pilot truck stop. And, yeah, I got them. I haven't used them yet. I don't really think I'm going to use them because, well... They look creepy. They got the, they're green and they got the little Yoda face on the tip of it. So I don't know if it's a great idea. But if I ever do decide to use it, I'll uh, give them a review on the show. But that pretty much sums up the Force Pod and what we will be covering. A little bit about myself. As I said, my name is John Rice. I am a regional man of mystery here in Syracuse. But I am a lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, I've seen all the movies in the theater. I've seen the original theatrical release of uh, Return of the Jedi when I was a very little boy, but I've read pretty much every Star Wars book there is. Um, I've played every Star Wars video game there is. Um, I love, live, and breathe Star Wars, just like I'm sure most of you guys do. I mean, that's why you're listening, and that's why I'm doing this, for my love of Star Wars. My goal of this, of this, this podcast is basically to increase my Star Wars family, you know? I mean, I want more friends to talk to um, talk to about Star, Star Wars with, you know, to have debates about whether it's Thrawn or who the strongest Sith Lord was. You know, that's, that's my goal on this. And, of course, I want to entertain you and make you laugh. That is what the Force Pod is all about. It's about friendship and being, being entertaining. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. So now that you know about me and about the show, I want to know about you. There are several ways to reach out and contact us. First is our email, which is show at theforcepod.com. Again, show at theforcepod.com. I'm also available on social media. Twitter, our handle is theforcepod. On Facebook, our uh, handle is also the Force Pod, and we also have a call-in line, which is area code 315-320-6337. Again, that number is 315-320-6337, and I encourage you to write in, call with your questions, concerns, uh, comments about, you know, something I said. If you disagree with me, write in, let me know, and, and, and we'll discuss it on air. So with Star Wars Celebration having just passed, there I mean, there's a ton of things I could talk about that happened at Celebration. I really don't want to do that because most of the other podcasts have already done it, and I'm sure you've heard it. So basically, I'm going to cover three things that were, uh, to me, the most important that I got out of Star Wars Celebration. And before I go into those three things... I want to give a shout-out to uh, Verizon, who uh, provided the live streaming for the panels. Verizon, fuck you. You did a horrible job with the live streams, especially during the 40th. It would pause, freeze, go black. You were driving me absolutely batshit insane. So I just want to thank you for, for ruining my uh, um, experience with Celebration. Even though I wasn't there, you guys promised, you know, the state-of-the-art fastest fiber network would uh, provide flawless live streaming of Star Wars Celebration, and you utterly fucking failed. So, fuck you, Verizon. Another great disturbance in the force. All right, so, my absolute highlight from Celebration was the Carrie Fisher tribute. Now, I want to preface this by saying that Carrie Fisher has pretty much been an, has been a part of my entire life. 
You know, she was my first uh, little kid crush. You know how little boys get crushes on on celebrities they see? Well, Carrie Fisher was mine. And especially when I saw her in the, the uh, Jabba's um, slave outfit from uh, Return of the Jedi, that just aroused me in a whole nother way, you know. And I, in pardon the pun, but that was quite intentional. Now, as I grew older and as she grew older, and her acting became less uh, prevalent in, in her life, she started to uh, champion things like people with uh, bipolar disorder. And my admiration for her grew, and, as, and so did my respect for her as a human being. So when I heard the news that she died, actually I saw it on my phone, and, and honestly at first I thought it was like one of those Facebook hoaxes, you know, where you see like Betty White dies like every other week on Facebook. That's kind of what I thought it was, but when I pulled up CNN and they announced that Carrie Fisher had died, it, it did. It absolutely crushed me. I will admit, I was, I'm a full-grown man, and I cried my eyes out because Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia, however you want to remember her, she died. So <clears throat> I was watching the live stream at work, and the tribute came on, and I made it through about a minute and a half before I had to shut it off. Because I work with a bunch of guys that pick on each other for the littlest thing. And I knew if I continued watching it, I'd bawl my eyes out at work in front of these guys and I would never live it down. So I ended up getting home and I finished watching it. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Just the behind the scenes footage, the footage of her smiling on set, you know, Billy Lord's beautiful words about her mother. I can't recommend watching it enough. I mean, if if you have not seen the Carrie Fisher tribute, I highly recommend it. In fact, it's uh, hosted on our website, theforcepod.com. It's on the front page, about three quarters of the way down, you'll find it. If uh, you haven't seen it, I would suggest getting some Kleenex and watching it because you will cry if you are a Star Wars fan. Patience! The second most important thing I got out of Star Wars Celebration, and some people may actually uh, say it's their most important, was the Last Jedi trailer. I'll admit, as soon as I saw Lucasfilm, um, I got goosebumps, and and I just and I was just like, like in complete awe. Um, I probably watched it ten times within the hour it was released, and yes, I do have several thoughts about it. Um, first and foremost, I think, just like Luke said, this is going to be the end of the Jedi. At least the Jedi as we know it. Um, one of the first things that you hear is Luke say breathe and ask Ray what she sees. And she says light, darkness, and balance. Now, I know what I'm about to say is going to piss a lot of people off because they hate the concept of gray Jedi. But that's exactly what I think we're going to see from, from here going forward is Grey Jedi. Um, there is a precedent for it in uh, the prequels, uh, Mace Windu. He actually fought with a style called Vapod, um, which is a combination of light side and dark side. Mostly dark side, though. So there is a precedent for Jedi using the dark side, but we're going to see them use it in a way where it's balanced with uh, the light. So going forward, you may see Jedi fall in love, get married, have kids. Things that we saw in the old canon, um, the old canon books that uh, Disney decided to wipe off, you know, the face of the um, galactic map. 
But yeah, I think going forward, we're going to see Grey Jedi. Um, the biggest thing I took away from the Last Jedi trailer is the fact that Luke is a crushed man, both as a Jedi and as a human being. The scene where he collapses to his knees in front of his burning academy with all of his students presumably murdered inside of it, um, just burning. You think people gonna I mean, die? you can just, I mean, even though you can't see his face, you can feel his his desperation, his sadness, his hurt. So I, in, I believe that not only is he a crushed Jedi Master, but he's a devastated human being. Now, whether or not Ray brings him from out of that, it's hard to say, but I think it's a pretty good guess. Um, but how it happens, that's going to be the magic of uh, the story. J.J. Um, oh, Ab- Abrams has said of uh, Mark Hamill's performance that, that it's Oscar-worthy. Not that I ever expect Star Wars to win one because, let's face it, the Academy is a little biased against Star Wars. But if his acting is that good and... I got that emotion from a simple trailer without him even speaking. Yeah, I think we're in for a, for a good movie with this one. Um, as far as uh, Kylo Ren and Snoke, I think Snoke probably comp- um, completed his training, and we're going to see a lot more of Snoke in his natural form as opposed to a hologram, which is good. Um, it's been pretty well documented that they aren't Sith, uh, nor can they be Sith, because if you think about it, the Sith had the rule of two. Always two. There are a master and an apprentice. At the end of Jedi, the apprentice killed the master and the apprentice died, thus leaving no more vessels for Sith knowledge. So Snoke and Kylo Ren are not Sith. They're they're definitely dark force users. What they call themselves, I don't know, but it's definitely not going to be the Sith. But with any luck, we will see a more in-depth trailer really soon, hopefully before October in Comic-Con, preferably, considering it comes out in December. But yeah, we will know the whole story in roughly 300 and, or 234 days, and I can't wait for one. The final thing I'm going to mention from Celebration is the fact that Rebels, um, that this season, this upcoming season, it was announced to be its final season, which is pretty much a given and was expected considering the very limited time span between uh, the time it started and when A New Hope started. Uh, the only question in my mind is how exactly are they going to kill Kanan and Ezra off? Yes, that's right. I said kill them off. Because if if you remember correctly, in Empire, Obi-Wan says that Luke is their last hope as far as a Jedi. That's, of course, before Yoda reminds him of Leia. How Obi-Wan forgot about Leia being Luke's sister, I don't know. It's just one of those Star Wars quirks. But anyway, that being the case, there's no more Jedi at that point, which means Kanan and Ezra have to die or go away. Now, Kanan, he's too far down the Jedi path to abandon it, so I have a feeling Kanan is going to die. The question mark is Ezra. He's flirted with the dark side in the past, especially with his interactions with Maul, so does that mean he could become an Inquisitor? Or could he just, let's say Kanan does die and he witnesses it, does he just give up the whole Jedi thing and go back to being a farmer on uh, Lothal, or does he just... Do something else, become a mercenary. Um, it's hard to say, but the fact still remains. 
both of them have to give up being a Jedi. Uh, it's also been said that this season of Rebels is going to be a little more fast-paced, and we're going to see more characters than we have in the past, big characters, one of which, quote-unquote, is a Mandalorian we all know. Now, I personally think that's going to probably be Boba Fett, because what's the one Mandalorian that everyone knows, regardless of whether you watch Rebels or not, um, well, there's actually two. There's Jango Fett, which by this point, he's lost his head, and there's Boba Fett. So I really am hoping Boba Fett does make an appearance because, I mean, Boba Fett is the second most popular character in the Star Wars galaxy, and he does deserve a um, spot on, on Rebels to prove how big of a badass he is as far as a Mandalorian goes. Um, and we're also going to see the Nagri. They, uh, if uh, you followed the old Thrawn trilogy books, they were Thrawn's bodyguards. Originally, they were um, indebted to Vader and the Emperor for quote-unquote saving their planet. So they basically uh, gave Vader, uh, the Emperor, and the Empire, the Empire itself a life debt. Uh, they, la they later found out in the Thrawn trilogy that, that Vader and the Emperor tricked them, so they turned on Thrawn. And that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to give you no spoilers if you haven't read the Thrawn trilogy. But if you haven't read the uh, Thrawn trilogy, I would highly suggest it because it is a great set of books, even though it's no longer canon. And it ties together nicely with the uh, current Thrawn book that just came out. <laughs> Speaking of Rebels, I did want to give you an overview of what I've thought of Rebels thus far. Um, it's an okay show. Um... A lot of it, I find, is filler episodes between what they consider important ones. And all in all, it's a good show. They have tied together some loose ends between uh, episode three and four. There were some disappointments in my in my mind, like uh, the uh, Kenobi and Maul fight in the episode Twin Sons. Um, it just seemed like Kenobi beat Maul way too quickly and with no effort at all. It was just like one quick uh, slash with a saber and Maul was going down dying. It's like, what the hell is that? Darth Maul is one of the baddest swordsmen around and you just defeat him in seconds? I mean, what does that say for his fight with Vader in A New Hope? I mean, did he purposely, you know, I mean, did he lose that much skill between the time he defeated Maul and the time he fought Vader? I don't think so. But, again, that's one of those Star Wars plot, quirk, uh, plot quirks you're really not supposed to think about. Uh, what else have I thought about Rebels? I thought they tied it nice, nicely into Rogue One, uh, the whole General Syndulla being announced. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that was pretty good. Um, some things I found weird with uh, Rebels, the Bendu. What the hell is that? I mean, it looks like this kind of never-ending story-ish dog that, that uses the Force. and it, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't know what they set to accomplish with it, but, I mean, it's there. It's a fact. It's canon. As terrible as it is, it's canon. But the one thing that Rebels did, and I'm so glad that they did, is they made Thrawn canon. I love Thrawn. Thrawn is a great character. Unlike most... Uh, Imperial commanders who are inept and afraid of Vader. Thrawn is calculating. He's smart. Um, 
He's he's hyper intelligent. He's not afraid to say the way it is to uh, whoever. He's not afraid to back down if uh, he's going to lose. Yeah, I'm really glad that uh, they made Thrawn canon. I don't really like the way they rendered him or his voice because, quite honestly, it's not quite how I I pictured him in my head when I read the books or his or the way he sounded. But it is what it is, and I am glad that they made Thrawn canon. Now, are we going to see more of him in now this uh, final season? I do believe so. Even though eventually Thrawn has to be shipped off to the outer regions, that way that avoids the complications of him not being in the original trilogy. So we may actually see that during this season of Rebels. But I do believe we will see him at least once or twice in this season. And, uh, oh, Fulcrum. The girl's sudden fascination with the cute Fulcrum. Callus. Uh, yeah, Callus is now a rebel. He escaped Thrawn's clutches and is now a quote-unquote handsome rebel. Uh, all because his hair slipped down. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as how Rebels concludes, keep in mind this is a kid's show. It can't be that dark. Um, there will probably be some deaths along the way. As I said, Kanan's probably going to die. Ezra might die. But it's really not going to be that heavy and be that dark. Because, as I said, Rebels is a, is a show geared towards children. So they will try to put some sort of happy spin on it. Or you, or you just may see uh, Kanan do it, pull, um, pull, up, pull a Yoda and, and, you know, pull an exile. That would probably be the most, the happiest way for, for Kanan to disappear. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my thought on Rebels. It's not quite the show The Clone Wars was, but all in all, it's not a bad show. Um, a lot of filler, but they had some really good episodes. Dangerous and disturbing. And speaking of stuff that was announced at Celebration, sorry I keep going on about Celebration, even though I said I was only going to talk about three things. But, you know, things just keep floating into my big, super-sized Star Wars brain. Kathleen Kennedy came out and said that Princess Leia will not appear in Episode 9. This is contrary to what her brother Todd said previous to this, saying that they would use cut footage from 7 and 8 to include her in Episode 9. But Kathleen Kennedy came out and and just denied this and said that uh, Princess Leia will not appear in 9. Which raises the question, how are they going to write her off? Now, normally, they would probably just kill, kill off the character. But this is sort of a sensitive topic. Um, I mean, as I said a little while ago about, about my devotion to Princess Leia, uh, I'm sure many of you feel the same way. So if they do kill off Princess Leia, they're going to have to do it in a way that's tasteful and classy and, and actually fitting of Princess Leia. Now, is she going to go the way that the Han Solo went at the hands of Kylo Ren? That would probably tie the story in... That would probably be the best for the story. But also keep in mind, she is also a general, so she could be leading you know, her ships in, in some uh, great battle and, and her on the flagship is disabled and or destroyed. Or you could even see another Imperial superweapon take out the planet she's on. Um, with with, with uh, the old cannon being completely wiped out, anything is possible in the new Star Wars, but as I said, I hope they do it with class and dignity and something befitting of Princess Leia. Now, in non-celebration news and recent news, 
Lucasfilm has come out and said that they are not going to re-release the uh, original theatrical cuts of the original trilogy. So, what's that mean? The way the films came out in 1977, 70, or 80, and 83 are not the way you're going to see them up here anytime soon. They're going to release the films the way George Lucas wanted them, and that is the way that they appeared in the 1998 special editions. George Lucas has always said the original theatrical cuts were unfinished films because the technology was limited and he could not do the special effects the way he wanted to. He eventually had the technology and did it the way and finished the films the way he saw fit and those resulted in the 1998 special editions. So if you're expecting the original theatrical cuts, you're going to be you're going you're going to be extremely sad cuz you're not going to see it. And as somebody that saw the original theatrical cuts, you're really not missing much. Now, I know hipsters and, you know, a whole bunch of people are going to be butthurt by me saying that. And they're going to be pissed off and probably write in and complain, but it's true. The special effects in the original theatrical cuts compared to the special effects in the ones in 1998 or going forward, it's a world of difference. And George was absolutely right in doing what he did. With, of course, the exception of the latest add-ons, including the infamous Vader screaming no. There, that is just the most annoying goddamn thing he did. I mean, really, it was bad enough in Revenge of the Sith, but he did it in Jedi 2. Come on, George, why? It was not needed. It, it's, it, it, was as, it was needed as much as Jar Jar Binks was in, in The Phantom Menace. It's, it's a waste. It's a waste of time. It's, it's a waste of your energy, and, a wa- and it was a waste of your money doing it. But whatever. The fact remains you did it, so we have to live with it. So, But anyway, as I said, the original theatrical cuts will not be released by Disney. Now... I'm not condoning piracy, but they are available for download out there if you do want to do a search for it. The magical term for it is Silver Screen Edition Star Wars. So if you stumble across it and happen to download it, don't blame me. I'm just pointing you along along the way. And if uh, you get disappointed with uh, what you're watching, again, don't blame me. I warned you. I decided to come and rescue you. All right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here and talk about gaming. And yes, I'm going to circle back to Celebration because the big announcement as far as Star Wars gaming is concerned is Battlefront 2. I'm not all that excited for Battlefront 2. Honestly, I, I bought Battlefront 1 expecting a lot of things, expecting solo missions, expecting a good single-player story arc, and I was sadly disappointed, just like most of you were. The fact you got to buy a season pass for DLCs, I mean, that just pissed me off beyond belief. So I really didn't hold much hope for Battlefront 2, but from what the from the what I saw the trailers, I mean it does look like a decent game. There is going to be a single player story mode where you can play either as an imperial side or or the rebellion side. So I will be a first day buyer. I'm not going to lie. I am going to buy it first day. I will play it. Um, I'm just I really wanted them to announce more about the uh, new new visceral game that uh, we saw a glimpse of a year ago at E3. Uh, you know the one where it appears it looks like you're either on Tatooine or uh, Jakku on the uh, desert world and it appears you play as a bounty hunter. Yeah, that's the game I want to know more about. I want to know when that game comes out 
because that game has a fresh story, has fresh characters. Because Battlefront is basically EA took a already p- popular game, reskinned it, released it as new, and I mean it's just the same old thing. But this new Visceral game, I'm really excited to see, and I can't wait for it to come out. Unfortunately, there is next to no news about it at all, which sort of worries me because when that happens, games tend to get dropped, like uh, the infamous 1313. Lucas Games uh, talked this uh, game up for a couple months and then, boom, dropped it. Um, right around the time that Disney bought him out, as a matter of fact. But yeah, I wanted 1313, you know, where you uh, play as Boba Fett's uh, companion, but that's gone. So, but yeah, I wanted more about the Visceral game. And in other news that was recently broken, BioWare announced that they're working on some sort of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I want you can't say sequel, but part three, I guess. Yes, they're they're redoing or they're they're doing a new Knights of the Old Republic game. Now, this is not tied into the Old Republic at all. This is going to be a completely standalone game. Um. And I hope it comes out, because Knights of the Old Republic 1 was one of the greatest Star Wars games ever released, if not the greatest. Knights of the Old Republic 2, had they finished it, that would have been a great game as well, but they just never finished it. Um, For you gamers out there that uh, liked Knights of the Old Republic 2, there is a restoration mod that you can install that does restore a lot of content, including the uh, droid world, the uh, foundry. But I digress. But yeah, I can't wait for Bioware to actually release Knights of the Old Republic 3, for lack of a better better title. Because that's going to be a uh, totally kick-ass game. And I can guarantee you it uh, sells a hell of a lot better than Battlefront 1 or 2 does. Because yeah, somewhere along the line, Lucas Games, they lost focus of what gamers want. I mean... Yeah, multiplayer, you know, uh, player-against-player games are cool, but we want standalone stories where where it just immerses us in in the Star Wars galaxy, you know, where we can uh, planet hop, you know, from, like, say, Corbin to Coruscant, you know, and just discover new things and and interact with uh, new characters, and that's what we want. We want standalone stories that, that just, you know puts us there in the action, regardless of whether it's in the Old Republic, uh, the Imperial Times, the post-Imperial Times with, with the New Republic, or even, you know, as a part of the uh, New Order. That's what we want. We want standalone games that give us something to play for, you know, that, you know, that gives us this cool goal, like like Knights of the Old Republic, you know, you, I mean, you didn't find out you were Revan until until you're three quarters of the way through it, you know. But uh, you still had a goal. You wanted to become a Jedi again and redeem yourself and and uh, fight Malak and 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 destroy the Sith. That's what we want. I mean, granted, yeah, I play Tor and I like playing Tor, but the uh, chapter releases in Tor is just too and too and far between, you know. I mean. The last chapter release from Tor, I mean, I played through it in like 24 hours, and now here it is, like four months like after the fact, and I'm dying for a new one, and it's not going to be, be released until sometime in the summer. So, yeah, uh, Lucas, um, Lucas Gaming, EA Gaming, they have to get their acts together, get their asses in gear, and start producing better, more quality Star Wars games, at least in my opinion. Now, if you think something different, let me know. You know, I've given you my contact in, information. Write me, call me, you know, 
Uh, find me on social media. You know, agree with me, disagree with me, yell at me. You know, I I want to know what you guys think. You know, because I'm a huge Star Wars gamer. I love Star Wars games. I've played like every single one, including games like uh, Rebellion, Dark Forces. You know, I want to know. It, I really want to know what you guys think. So, uh, so let me know about Star Wars gaming and its future. All right, and now for all of you literate Star Wars fans out there, and by literate I mean you know you actually read a book. I'm going to review the book Tarkin. Now, prior to this book, um, I really didn't give a shit about Tarkin one one um, one way or the other. My exposure to Tarkin was in like A New Hope, where he was like the creepy old grandfather dude that that blew up Princess Leia's world. You know, it seemed like he had a uh, wicked stick shoved up his ass, and he was always pissed off and angry. And you were sort of glad he died at the end. So that was pretty much my feeling about Tarkin. Um, then I saw Rogue One, and that made me a little more intrigued about about Tarkin as a character. So I decided to read the book Tarkin. Tarkin is basically two stories rolled into one. Um, the first part of it is thieves have stolen Tarkin's personal uh, combat frigate called the Carrion Spike. And him and Darth Vader are on a mission to, to locate the ship because the thieves are basically running amok amongst the Empire, uh, destroying Imperial assets and basically making a mockery of Imperial security. So that's the first part of it. Um, The second part deals with Tarkin's childhood, and in particular his teenage years where the Tarkin family had this like rite of passage where you had to go out into the wilderness and you had to um, survive um, something particular. Now, I don't want to go into spoilers, so I'm trying not to, but the gist of it is he had, he had to survive against something, against the wilderness, you could say. So you get to see the mindset of Tarkin and how he got to be as cunning and how tactical he uh, became from his, from his childhood. And they intertwine the stories really well. They'll have a scene where Tarkin will be... Um, commanding a ship to be blown up and he'll think back to his time when he was 17 you know sitting on a plateau fighting off uh, uh, such and such a beast and and it, will, and it taught him a life lesson and it'll tie into what he's doing now um, but yeah the book itself I thought was very well written it uh, portrayed Tarkin in a, in a far different light than I expected I actually like Tarkin now to the point where I actually went out and read Catalyst and I enjoyed it. Um, I wish we we could actually see more of Tarkin on uh, the silver screen. Now, having him died in 1994, and unless Disney wants to blow a ton of money on CGI, that's just not going to happen. But hopefully, they will release more books with Tarkin. But anyway, yeah, the book Tarkin, I highly recommend it. Um, Darth Vader is in it quite uh, quite extensively, so if you are a Vader fan, you may want to pick it up just for that. If you are a Tarkin fan, you'll definitely want to pick it up. Or, or even if you're a uh, old Imperial fan, you know, not or when I say old Imperial, I uh, mean pre-New Order, you know, uh, post uh, Revenge of the Sith, where where the Empire was firmly in place and in um, and in control. Yeah, you definitely want to pick up this book. I probably I've read it two or three times, and I'll probably read it again. That's how good of a book it is. So speaking of a new Tarkin book or whatnot, I'm kind of curious about what uh, you guys want to see moving forward. You know, 
what uh, movies, what what books, what characters do you want to see brought back, if any? Um, personally, I would like to see The Old Republic brought back. I'd like to see a, a book trilogy about Revan. I'd like to see a book trilogy about Bane. Um, I Personally, I think a, a movie trilogy about either or or both would uh, go over really well, especially Revan. Um, I mean, you uh, have a trilogy about, about Revan in uh, The Mandalorian Wars, about him being a Jedi and then falling and becoming a Sith Lord. Yeah, I, I think that would go over really well. And uh, I know quite a few people that actually, I mean, they love the Darth Revan ca- character as much as me. So I think that'd go over well. But but what do you guys think, you know? Uh, write in or call me, you know? Find me on social media, because I'm really curious about, other, about what other Star Wars fans want to see. Do you want to see stuff based more in the Imperial times? Uh, do you want to see uh, uh, post-Jedi um, stuff, you know? Uh, you want to see more with Kylo Ren about, about his childhood? Just let me know, you know, write in, call 315-320-6337 or show at theforcepod.com, show at theforcepod.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll discuss it, you know, because as I said, I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to see books and movies about all the time periods of Star Wars, but my favorite absolute time frame is the Old Republic, and that's what I'd like to see him focus on, especially after this this trilogy is done. I definitely would like to see him visit the, the Old Republic and, and make Revan canon because, let's face it, Revan's a badass and Revan deserves it. And that's pretty much a wrap for uh, this edition of, of the Force Pod. I appreciate you listening. Um, I hope it's not quite as clunky sounding as it is in my head, um, you know, first show jitters and all that. But uh, I promise you a second episode will be better. Um, and as I said, please uh, write in show at theforcepod.com. I am on Twitter at theforcepod. I'm on Facebook as theforcepod. Or our call in line is 315 320 6337. Again, 315 320 6337. And until the next time, may the force pod be with you always.